the one and only Buffalo Bills have officially started their training camp. We'll also be creating the top line in our predictions for the next Sabre season. Along with the rundown, some hot takes, trivia, and more, this is the Buffalonian Podcast. All right, let's go. We are back with the Buffalonian Podcast. I'm Joe Kelly, and as always, I'm joined by Dom Loss and Mike Marino, and we're going to go right into it with some Buffalo Bills news. Now, last episode, we talked about Madden predictions, and let's just say that our predictions were very off for where Josh Allen fell in actuality. But Dom, what do you think? I mean, I think all of us, you know, were right in the fact that he was going to be the fourth-ranked quarterback behind Rodgers, Brady, and Mahomes. But, um, well, I was to say, I don't think any of us really thought he was going to be a 92. I know when we did a, a, you know, a pod a couple months ago that there was, you know, rumored that he would be a 92, but we all thought that was going to be too low. So, I, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I thought he was going to be at least a 95. I mean, I, I really thought there was a chance he could be the, you know, lower than 95 because Stefan Diggs is a 95, so... You know, even Allen being 92, Allen's now what, Tyler Von Miller for the second best overall? Trey White's a 93. Yeah, Trey, oh, Trey White's a 93. 93. I forgot about that. I was thinking of Poyer and Hyde being 91, 90s. Yep. So, um, you know, him being tied for the you know third best on the team, too, doesn't make a lot of sense to me because it's pretty clear that he's the best player on the team. And I, I think what's puzzling for me is I believe Mahomes is 95, I want to say. Yeah. And the difference between Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen is minuscule. Which should not be the case. It should be at worst one. And the difference between Josh Allen and the next quarterback, who I believe is Joe Burrow at ninety, is two. So the different. So I don't understand how they could possibly look at the you know the season from last year and say Joe Burrow is closer to Josh Allen than Josh Allen is to Patrick Mahomes. He appeared in a Super Bowl. That's the only way I can rationalize that thought. Wins are not a quarterback stat. Exactly. I know that, but you know that's not going to stop them from making it a quarterback stat. And um. You look at it, Dak Prescott's high up there too. Isn't he right under Joe Burrow? He's, he's an six overall. He's six over. He's an eighty nine. He's higher than Herbert, who like, I believe. You've got to be absolutely kidding me. With well, that. he's America's team's quarterback too. Again, America's team. <laughs> America's team. Sorry, that's I just gonna, that's Mike gonna down. you know that's gonna hype up anybody on the Cowboys. I'm yeah. just saying. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not supporting. I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah, America's team. You know, it hasn't just, been that way since Troy Aikman played the game. So he's showing you where the flawed logic is. Yeah. You know, what did he do? Busted his ankle. Tony Romo says it's just a sprain. It's literally flopping on the field. Um, busted his ankle. Didn't play for how long? Just a season. Came back. Um, awful clock management by him. Didn't hand the ball to the ref. How how was that? In, how was that six overall? How? I listen. I think we did we did the top ten rankings last year from executives, and I think he was tenth. And I think all three of us agreed that we'd at least have two other quarterbacks uh, ranked above him. So, and I'm not a Lamar guy. Or necessarily a Herbert guy, but Herbert should be above him. Absolutely. That is so fraudulent, it's not even funny. Like, Justin Herbert, has, it, I, I can't. I'm going to spiral. <laughs> I got I to calm down. I think that's at least spiral. I, I would say Dak Prescott is... Maybe really, 11 or 12. At best, a fringe top 10 quarterback, but really he's like the 12th or 13th best quarterback in the NFL. And for him to be 6 is like... Fraudulent. Is I would agree. I, I don't... <laughs> I don't truly understand how you could look at Dak Prescott and Justin Herbert and think. Oh Dak yeah, they're Prescott the same. Better one in the same. You know, no, Pres- Dak Pre- Prescott's considerably better. It's the same. I mean, it's the same conversation we're having with Allen about you, know, you see Allen Mahomes and it's like no, I mean, these guys aren't close. I mean, to an extent, it's just it is just a video game. It really okay, doesn't matter. Okay, so yeah, like I'm just weird. saying, right? I mean, I, when you think about it that way, right? Like, sure, but I mean. The Bills have been dogged on in that game for years, years, and it, it would just be nice to have an accurate rating sometime because you know I, I I played it more in the past decade when the first Madden I really played like played played was EJ Manuel was the quarterback. Yeah, it was terrible. You, you had to make sure your career mode was a quarterback because EJ Manuel was so bad. Yeah, and yeah. So, well, it's like last year I think Allen was an eighty-eight in the beginning of Madden, and like Lamar was ahead of him, and all these guys were ahead of him. See, I can like, see Lamar being ahead of him, though, because he was a cover athlete at one no, point. That's what I'm saying, that's though. A, like, that's, a, that's a jump but, in itself. But that was still kind of like... Bogus. A little bogus, but I was like, all right, his first year. Now it's the second year, and it's only a 92. And like, Mahomes dropped from a 99 to a 95. 
but like it, there's still three overall differences kind of you know yeah it's yeah. Just a little silly to me but i guess in cool news when you talked about you know playing as the bills and men they were ranked second overall uh, among teams at 89 overall i think tampa bay at 92 overall was the yeah, top rank. They were number yeah. One. So, you know, that's a cool sight. Again, I, I completely blanked about Trey White being 90th overall. I think he's the fourth highest grade, fourth rated corner in man. That actually was probably a little high to me, but so, um, you know, Allen, Hyde, Poyer, White, and Diggs. So that's what, six, five, 90 plus yeah. overall players? No, it's probably the most yeah. we've ever had. Well, I, I don't see Going how you back can argue to like that. if, you know, you think of like, or 90s teams, those guys would probably all be in the 90s if they were rated. Yeah, I'm trying to I think. mean, I made a 99 overall Jim Kelly when I was like 8. To 100% substitute. Bruce would be a 99. Yeah, yeah Bruce yeah. would be a 99. Yeah, yeah. Reed would be up there, Thurman, probably. Thurman like definitely. Hall, Kelly, Ken Hall, yep. Yeah, they Joe Talley, Cornelius Bennett. Yeah, if you look back at that team, it, it, was, it was pretty pretty darn good. Like, there's no well, doubt I mean, about they it. They went four to four Super Bowls, in a row. Bowls for a reason. Like, yeah, and just luck into it, and they beat a team fifty-one to three in the AFC Championship game. That's so. always what I say when someone's like, "Oh, they went to four, but they lost four. I'm like, four. "Only team that's ever no ever one's ever made four it in a row. It just shows they were a dominant team for four years straight, making it to the championship game. Yeah, so. You know, let's transition off, man, because I think it's I think we're all getting a little heated. Before we dive into our many thoughts on training camp, as we're very excited it began, so we could start talking a little bit more relevant Bills news. We're going to continue our ranking of a, a random Bill and their position rank in the AFC East division. And this week's uh, nominee was Dion Dawkins. So Congratulations, you've been selected next. Yeah, you've been selected out of the hat. Uh, obviously, he's the starting left tackle of your Buffalo Bills, pro bowler for the first time. Congrats to him last year. And we're going to rank him compared to the other AFC East left tackles. Who, um, so, Taron Armstead is the left tackle for the Dolphins. As he just signed over from the Saints. Uh, he's pretty good. And then Isaiah Wynn, who's been with the Pats for a couple of years. and then Former first-round pick. Former first-round pick. And then uh, Makai Beckner, also former first-round pick for the Jets. He's also in the rankings. And so I think if we were just going to rank them top four, um, I think it's pretty obvious who's four, uh, Beckard. I mean, he, I don't yeah. think he even played. Did he even play last year? I think, I don't, I think he did. I, I think, know he has trouble keeping his weight down. Dude, dude weighs, you know, dude's a mammoth and like he's an athletic freak and that's why he was drafted so high. Dude also can't, he's like 400 pounds. And he, if he can keep his weight down, he'd probably pub, be good. He's on the Publis, I'm pretty sure too. I don't because think because he's. So heavy, he can't yeah. physically perform right now. No, so yeah. he's easily. He's four. gonna go into cardiac arrest if he even sets foot on a football field. Yeah, he's he's easily four by 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 a great deal. Um, Isaiah Win for me is three. He's a solid left tackle. He's um, just dealt with injuries a lot. Yeah, he blew his Achilles too. Yeah, I think it was rookie year. So, yeah. um, that's a rough injury. No, that's a rough injury. It's Joe's close, in a boot close, for my close to potentially yeah. doing. Um, <laughs> so I think he's three, but he's still solid. And then I would have D Docs uh, two. Uh, obviously a great Pro Bowl season. Um, he's been underrated throughout his career. He's but been underrated. He, yeah. he had a couple games last year where I think he really struggled. But Yeah, people but, look back at that Tennessee game where he slipped. In Tennessee last game he struggled, yeah. Jacksonville, Saints game, uh, Steelers game. He had like four pretty poor games. But the back half of the year, like he was one of the top graded uh, left tackles when they made that run when after they lost that Tampa game. So. Uh, he's definitely deserving, but number one is, I mean, we're no biased here, is Armstead. He's a Pro Bowl, All-Pro, left tackle from the Saints, obviously just signed. He also has struggled, struggled to stay healthy in the past, so. Yeah, plus he's already in it his seems like Deion Dawkins is the only, Deion Dawkins is the only one that can be stay healthy out of the, the left tackles. So, uh, that is not going to win. Yeah, yeah, let's, let's not manifest him getting injured <laughs> for our hopeful Super Bowl run this season, so. I know, I think, I think those are some pretty solid rankings, and. You know, I, I don't know who's going to come out of the hat next week, but we're going to find out next week. Yeah. So let, let's, let's transition to to the big, the big segment. Uh, you know, the, the turkey burgers talk. No, no. We're going to talk about training camp. It's here. It's finally here. Obviously, we talked last week about how the rookies reported, um, and now the veterans have reported, and they've gone through now three days of training camp, and yeah. we're recording this podcast. And... Again, I think it's an exciting time. It's also kind of weird that you know they haven't been in St. John Fisher since 2019, so that's before yeah. that's before Josh Allen really um you know took that leap. You would yeah, say. yeah. I went there the last time I was there was his rookie season when he was out there and uh, with Peterman and McCarron, quite a QB room. The, you know, they had. I think the last then. year I went was Tyrod's last year. Oh yeah, no, just a great 
Was that when Ronald Darby, Darby signed your ball? Yes. The next day, he got traded. The next day, he got traded <laughs> oh, to the Eagles. I oh, look at that. that. Hey, that's a yep. good autograph or to have, Jordan though. Matthews. It's a history no, autograph. I'm not even joking. I was the last person in line to get an autograph. And, and then, I'm like, oh man, this young corner, he's you know, he's gonna break out and everything. No, nope. gone. Yep. Trade next day. See ya. I was like, here. you know what? It's kind of a funny story, but and it is a, it is a very funny story. It's also great to see all the you know the talent. I still really can't fully believe that Von Miller is a Buffalo Bill. It's just kind of I know you see those videos of him running out onto it's, the field. It's, it's and just it's really like, bizarre. Yeah, it's really bizarre because that dude's so such a baller, but it's like that dude's on such our a team big now. name. Yeah, yeah, too. It's it's a name. It's, it's someone you fear when you play against, and we haven't. I mean, we have people like that on our team, but. The defensive side, we've always had Jerry Hughes, you know? So it's like the yeah. penalty magnet in his prime. I feel so. like we've always had solid defensive edge play, but we haven't had, you know, that elite elite pass rusher since probably Mario. But yeah. Mario also was oh. kind of lazy, so. Yeah, um, and maybe, when Rex maybe. Ryan and Rob Ryan took over the scheme changed and he was yeah, not productive anymore. Yeah, linebacker, that seemed like a good idea. Yeah, great coverage. Idea. Yeah. Um, <laughs> This is a fantastic situation. He was my him. favorite. I have autographed stuff by him. There's a picture of me on the field with him running out high-fiving me. I do remember <laughs> like, that. Actually, yeah. I do remember that. But, yeah. But so awesome. it's awesome to see the Bills in action. It's awesome to see them you know, hang out with the fans a little bit. So let's talk about some interesting notes um, yeah. from camp. Does anyone want to like begin? I'll, I'll start. Oh, okay, I think, big guy. I think the one thing that sticks out to me the most is that uh, Jordan Poyer's agent was there. Drew Rosenhaus. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think that, you know, that's optimistic in the fact that he'll want to get a deal done sooner rather than later. People thought and, he wasn't going to show up to training camp. Yeah, and Poyer. he said, he said you know, I, I wanted to be here. You know, I, I don't think he, he had ever intended to not no. be here. So that's really good. That's really optimistic that he's going to want to sign. And then with his agent being there, like, you, you got to think that they're pretty close to striking a deal. Like, I know we've talked about he's not going to get, like, that top dollar extension, but I think you said, like, the Tyron Matthew yeah, deal like would be, like, comparison. Yeah. yeah, something like that. Yeah, like, yeah. that wouldn't be bad. No, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think Bean talked about how he's looking to, you know, there's a couple of free agents obviously next year that he's looking to potentially get deals done, but he's got to make sure it's the right deal for them in the future because they're right up against the cap. And yeah. They, you know, well, hopefully the cap will, like, skyrocket in the next yeah. few years because revenue is going to just absolutely shoot. Yeah, out. I mean, Dawson Knox just bought, bought a house in Buffalo, so, you know. He, he don't want to yeah, leave. He's, he's got a, he's got a plan, long-term plan. <laughs> and well. he just got signed by Josh Allen, so, you know, his value might have went up. So. Yeah. Wait, he's not Oliver Bjorkstrand? <laughs> <laughs> no, I... The tough look. Honestly, it's just nice to see them all playing. It's the camaraderie's there. I will say the defense has been absolutely elite, though. The yeah. Best. yeah, the defense seems to be, you know, it, it's not really all that surprising that the defense would be ahead of the offense because usually the offense has to learn some things i think right. and ken dorsey also we have to think it's a new, newer college. scheme well yeah. i think one of the reasons people are concerned is because last year it seemed the offense was just way ahead of the defense mm-hmm. but if you look at it from this year's perspective all the new faces on the offense you know weapons wise there's no john brown there's no Beasley so got cut during the yeah Beasley, Beasley. Beasley Emmanuel Emmanuel Sanders like all those veterans are all gone it's a bunch of young guys pretty much on the team yeah and um, one guy was comment there was a tweet that I saw that absolutely just rocked me I had no I, I I don't know what this guy was trying to get at here he was saying how they're pairing Kyer Elam with Stefan Diggs and Stefan Diggs was winning the battle like it was a bad thing I said you don't want Stefan Diggs to be winning the battle against a rookie well corner? I mean yeah he's a rookie he needs to learn yeah. so put him I, up I against think, the best I think what he was trying to say is that it's not a great look that Elam's getting beat over and over and it might hurt his confidence but I think it's the mentality it's probably I, the best I think way the, to go about it it's the, man, it's the mentality that the Bills have always had is that iron sharpens iron yeah you know? think about it though that like, would be Trey White if Trey White was healthy if right. he's right. if he's our starting corner week one he's going to go up against Cooper Cup. Yeah. And then he's going to go yeah. against what? Robert Woods? I don't, know if right. I don't know if he would go up against Super Cup. Cooper Cup's a slot receiver. So, I mean, most, I mean, yeah, he's, it might be Teron Johnson but Taren, dealing with that. No, well, then Allen Robinson. Like, no, I he'd he'd have to go up against the top target I mean, anyway. So, gonna, might as well get that practice yeah, in going, now with yeah, the top. Yeah, he's going up against receiver. the dude. No, he's he, again, iron sharpens iron. I think he's going to get better for it. He seems like a confident kid. He's going to learn from his mistakes. I think it's a great thing that they're throwing him to the fire right away. Um, you know, Dane Jackson's played very well, apparently, so that's awesome to see I knew as well. he would, though. He stepped in for Trey White last year, and honestly, you felt the, that something was missing there, but it wasn't as big of a hole as you thought it was going to yeah. be. He was, he's he, no, he's so, someone you want to keep on so the team. So far, he seemed like a very, you know, valuable pick, because he was a seventh rounder. Right. So, and, and he's, <laughs> second year, he was getting 
starting time. Right. So I mean, yeah, I think I think Bean's done a very good job at finding like like Levi was undrafted and he was a starter. So like, he, right. Yeah, he's steam, able to steam, get these steam. corners to fit what we're trying to do. Yeah, I think that's yeah. awesome to see. I think what's I guess the most interesting. Well, there's the punting competition, but okay, yeah. I saw a video uh, of punt god rocking it. Eighty yards. yard punt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he was he was a beast. <laughs> yeah. Um, you hear the crowd go, "Whoa!" They're actually excited. I don't think I've ever been excited to watch a punter. Like that was probably the first video that I've seen a punt and like zoned in on it, like to see. Yeah, some of the rookies have also played well. Uh, Balen Spector, who we talked about, is really said they flashed on special teams, which we kind of expected he'd possibly make. I've, his, I've heard make, good things from Shakir too. Yeah, like he's doing really good. Shakir's yeah. the wide receivers catching a lot, you know, adjusting very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Cook, they said, seems to be that like next piece that they haven't had the running back position. And Diggs uh, even said he's very, very like his brother. Yeah, so like Delvin Cook, and then yeah. there's the other rookie. Oh my gosh, he's blanking my mind. Not Areza, not, not Bernard. Not, not, but okay, thank you, Bernard, the linebacker. Apparently, people have been impressed by his ability to make flash plays. Yeah, I I've seen a couple a couple uh, s- snapshots of him, and it's just like you could honestly. He's so fat. He's he's smaller for a linebacker, yeah. right? He's like Matt Milano, exactly. But correct. Just tell me, who was Tremaine Edmonds chasing in the overtime in Tampa Bay? Do you guys know at all? Bashar Perriman? Bashar Perriman, yes. <laughs> yeah. That smaller and speedier I'm, linebacker? I'm, I'm saying this straight up. Bashar Perriman's yeah. probably one of the fastest. Bashar Perriman was, yes. was going to blow by any, anyone No, who was there. absolutely. But what I'm saying is like a, a quick Tremaine. wide receiver like that, you have a better chance with a smaller linebacker now that could go in and, Dude, you know. Tremaine runs a 4-5-4. Four, four. Like, Tremaine... Tremaine's pretty good for how big is. He's fast. But Tremaine, Brashad Perryman runs, like, probably a 4-2. Yeah, three. yeah. yeah. So, I, don't think, I don't think anyone's catching him. No, but I think the most... You know, we talked about, you know, Elam, as you said, the the punting competition, some of the rookies flashing out. I think the most interesting development, I would say, is what's happening in the slot. Um, you know, Gabe Davis looked very good. Obviously, Diggs looked very good. Um, but I think we've talked about this, you know, a lot. Is that they really are lacking that third outside wide receiver, and yeah. mm-hmm. we don't really know what's going to happen in the slot. And you know, Jameson Crowder, for the story of his career, is already kind of a little banged up of soreness, and he's missed the last two days. Yeah, he's and, on a stationary bike. And Isaiah McKenzie, you know, even on day one when Crowder was out there, was getting the first team reps. I think that was pretty noticeable. And Shakir has obviously made you know an impact, I guess, too. So I think I think his role may be bigger than I thought. And same thing of Mc- I mean, I've never been the hugest Isaiah McKenzie wide receiver three slot guy mm-hmm. in the world. I just think his route he's more running, of like a gadget type gadget speed yeah. out of the slot, not really a route runner. But I mean, he's not he's, as patient out on the field. You know what I mean? He's but a I respect it if he's putting the work in. He they feel like he's the starter, then he should be the starter. Obviously, Crowder again can't stay healthy to save his life. I mean, I feel like. I was pretty big on Crowder coming here, but you know maybe they're going to cut him. I don't know. I know that's kind of where I was at because I was I was looking forward to it because if you look if you watch the film on the past two Jets games, um, he's killed us. Yeah, he's, he's out there. He's the w- only receiver that really did much to our defense. Like, yeah, cut him up a little bit, and I was really excited. Like, oh, this this could be amazing, like a Beasley replacement, especially no. yards after catch. He's he's no, unbelievable. No, I mean, like, he's he's a good player. I mean, it's yeah. just unfortunate. If he's that, made a glass, he's made a glass. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. look at uh, Chris Carson, Seattle. He's now retired because he had a serious neck injury, and it yeah. seemed like even before that he was always getting injured during the year. But he was pretty productive in Seattle. Talking about a guy that would constantly have Chris Carson on his fantasy football team. I think too. I had him on my team for, like, three <laughs> years straight. No, he, he definitely was a problem staying healthy. So, I mean, again, hopefully Crowder can get back and make an impact on the team because I think they could really use him in the room. Obviously, uh, an interesting thing that people brought up was that Ken Dorsey was trying not to huddle with Allen uh, to call plays because he's trying to you know have that aspect that he's in the booth. Obviously, first time OC trying to have the feel for himself too of calling plays where you know he's not directly in line with his quarterback on the yeah on the field. You know, it's I, I guess I'm just gonna cheat here. We do have a would you rather segment coming up in you know a couple segments but i'm gonna cheat here would you rather be up in the booth or be on the field if you're an offensive coordinator see i've seen a lot of offensive coordinators who are down on the field and i feel like that gives you a better connection to the the game you know up in the booth you can see it there's pros and cons you can see everything developing from up in the booth really well but i would like to be down so i can give a one-to-one right with the quarterback and the offensive personnel and really you know, get down to business. That's my my ordeal with it. No, I'd, I'd probably be up top because 
you know, you can, like you just said, you could see everything that's going on in the field. Um, and then plus you already have like your quarterback's coach, all those guys are already down there. And I think a quarterback's coach relationship would probably be better. Well, so Ken Dorsey was for Brian Dable last year. Yeah. So like, you know, I, I think that would just work out a little bit better. And you know, plus it gets it gets cold in Buffalo in like December. I mean, oh be up in the booth, be in the, in the heat. Dable didn't have to worry about being Man. cold. That guy had blubber to last him for you know. Okay, well, months. it's cold. I, I I just think I, I agree with Mike because if you believe in your relate, if you have a good offensive coordinator and quarterback relationship, plus you have a good QB room and QB coach, you know your QB surrounded by good people on the field that you could trust to get them like that proper message across. I think there is an advantage of being in the booth because you can see the defenses, how they rotate, post-snap, pre-snap, and you could go over it. Uh, it's hard to do that you know, when you're on the sidelines. You can't really see it. Yeah. So that that 20, all 22, the overhead angle. So, oh, yeah. You know, really quick, would you rather? But I thought that would be interesting. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, that's going to do it for our Bills topic, and we'll be right back with the Sabres right after this. Welcome back to the Buffalonian Podcast. It's Joe Kelly here editing the day after recording. And uh, we unfortunately lost the beginning of our Sabres topic due to it merging with the rundown. I was able to isolate the rundown and save it. But unfortunately, the beginning of the Sabres topic has been lost. But we're just doing some brief prospect talk about the list that came out where many of the Sabres are listed within the top 10. And um, yeah, enjoy the rest of it. Sorry about the inconvenience. Just doing the list. The only, I mean, I've, I'm, I'm, we're obviously all biased here. I'd move Quinn a little bit higher up. I'd probably just take out Krebs' name entirely and just put Paterka there. Yeah. But I think the thing of Paterka that I guess the reason why I don't think he's on the top 50 list is because he's more of like a top six forward, but he's more of like, a, I would say, a second line forward. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if he's ever going to be like a top well, line forward. Yeah, but I I don't think he has to be on this no, that's team. That's what I'm saying. But that's what I'm saying. I think he's more well rounded than Quinn is. Oh, 100%. He's, so I think, but I think he's going to be like a second line forward. Yeah. He doesn't have the, the I don't know if he has like the first line upside of Quinn. No, is. you would think that one day our top line will be probably, you would hope Quinn, you would hope Savoy, and then maybe like what? Thompson? You would hope long term? No, if he, it matters if you make Savoy a center or a wing. I think he's going to be a winger. Yeah, if you be if you make him be a winger, mm. see if you make him be a winger, then I just don't love Thompson projecting down the road as the first line center. And, yeah, to be honest, he's more of a second two. Why? Why? Or that would be why? Um, because just is I'm it because skeptical of his season? But he did shoot like he did shoot way above expected last year. Like you right. expected. If you took his uh, goals expected, he was expected to score twenty five goals. He scored thirty eight. Are you saying you think it's more of a fluke? No, I don't think it's fluky. I think he, I think he can score twenty five to thirty goals, and I think he has a good enough shot where he could, he could be one of those guys that always outdoes his expected goals. Mm-hmm. Um, but it might f- fluctuate, you know. And yeah, it's like, a yeah. question of, you know. I mean, I, I mean, and it's also he's not a great defensive forward either. Yeah, he's not. A, he's not. A, he's not. He's a, he doesn't have the two hundred foot. That's why Tuck's on that line though. Yeah, that, that's on, well. Yeah, that's yeah. What I'm saying. But no, I get what you mean. I mean, yeah. if Savoy did play center, then you'd have what Quinn, and then I don't know, like Quinn, uh, Quinn Savoy, Tuck. You have the defensive guy, and then I don't know, Savoy's all right defensively, but then you could just have him go dynamite with Quinn. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I truly think he'll end up playing wing, probably because it was. I don't know. I mean, we can't say size because I mean. I think I honestly got it's too early to tell on Savoy. Breer and Drury were smaller, and they were our top two centers. I think there's and they were both very successful. But I just I just envisioned him as a winger. Yeah, yeah. I think the Sabres hope that he's a center though. Yeah, I think think they kind of need not need him to be a center, but like they have a lot of wing talent already. Yeah, they kind of want something in the center area. You're saying? Yeah, Yeah. I mean, Cousins is a good center. Thompson is a good center. After that, it's kind of, yeah. You got to like, hope that Krebs maybe takes a step. To become a center. Yeah. And middle stat just, yeah, to me. So, Do you think... Um, plus, then you have Oslin and Coolidge. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And Coolidge kind of can play all three positions, so mm-hmm. maybe he's a winger too, but... You think Krebs is gone after this season if he still Krebs. is a quote-unquote prospect? Well, no, no, I don't think Krebs is gone. No. I think Milstead, if Milstead doesn't play well this season, I think he's really gone. Well, he'd be in RFA next year, you- right? I think he has one year left, doesn't he? I thought he signed three years. Maybe he said to sign two years. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'd have to look, but... It's one of those things. How I, many games do you play before you're considered not a prospect anymore? Because you said he had 57 games I or something. I would say four... four I, 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 my mind is 41. If you play half... If you 
12 games is half a season in the NHL. I don't think he should be considered a prospect anymore. So, again, Samuelson and Krebs, I don't consider them to be prospects. Lukanen, I'm on the, I, I agree with Mike. I'm a little bit on the fence about, but that's you know that, that's goalie. Let's go there. We can talk about talk about goalies for one quick second because when I first saw this list, I was like, oh, there's no goalie prospects on the list. And then he, Scott Wheeler made another um, list of goalie prospects, uh, the top ten, uh, where the Sabers were the only team to have two on the list. Uh, number five was Devin Levi. Number nine was Eric Pitillo. And then actually, it's funny UPL. He must consider him to be a prospect because he was uh, an honorable mention. I believe there was eight honorable mentions. I gotta. I probably have to recount that. So I mean, at there's worst. A, there's quite a few. Yeah. Well, there's uh, even said, Craig Anderson wasn't on that list. <laughs> even if you said there was eight, you know that's three out of seventeen. Yeah. You know, three out. Of, you know, even if you want to say ten. No, that's three out of the top that's 20. that's super encouraging for the Sabers because we haven't had a franchise goalie since Miller, and you know it seems like we were we never hit on a goalie. Like we had young guys that they're like, oh, maybe this will. This guy will hit. Like I remember, like Andre Makarov and like Nathan Lewin and oh God, Nathan all Lewin. those guys. Matt Matt Hack Hackett. Matt Hackett. Yeah. Jason Pavel trade. Yeah. So oh, like sorry. we had we have all these young goaltenders that just never found NHL time. So no, it's definitely promising to have see. Levi, who I think we all agree will more than likely sign next year, and that we're kind of on the fence about Portillo. No, I'm saying this straight up. I think this will screws it. Portillo is so gone. <laughs> why would he, why why would he stay in an organization that has Lukanen, who is a is still a, you know like a top fifteen top twenty prospect that's going to be playing next year, uh, in an organization where there is a top five goaltender prospect already already, and why would he as a top ten goalie prospect be like you know what I'm gonna stay with yeah. that like you, it, that's I'll, I'll I'll ask you this do you think he he'll just walk or do you think we'll make a trade? Uh, I think they're gonna trade his rights, but. Again, it's kind of like, I don't know. They would, to me, they'd have to trade his rights to a team that doesn't have a good goalie prospect to get the most to you know get yeah, the most value from him. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, there's quite a few teams that could use a goalie for the future. That's, uh, yeah, that's true. And it also has to be, um, you know, the team he has to be willing to sign there too. Like yeah. if, if he's willing to sign, but then this could be another Jimmy VC. Where see, the thing is, though, if he's willing to sign there, the team will just. Why would the team give up an asset when they could just wait for him to be a UFA? Yeah, I mean, look what the Sabers did with Jimmy VC the first time. Yeah, we got his rights, pick. tried to sign him. He didn't sign. Became a free agent, and then we eventually traded for him like two years later, and he was kind of yeah, kind of meh. Yeah, yeah, meh. yeah. Best. No, so, so no. I, I, I think I think they'd have. I think they're gonna eventually move on from Pertillo because I again like plus why plus like I know Lineen's like way way out. He's not even close to seeing North American hockey, but that's another guy who's a second round pick, top goalie drafted. In 2022, yeah, like that's another. Name. Yeah, it was like it was like the prospect list going around uh, Twitter that had the Sabers as the seventh ranked overall prospect, but somehow had their goalies ranked 25th overall. It's like, <laughs> come on now. Yeah, like, do you want to get made? Like, okay, if you want to put us at seven, put us at seven. But if you're gonna put us at 25th overall in goalies, like, please. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know what to tell you at that point, Chief. Like, it's, yeah, it's pretty obvious that you have two of the better NCAA goalies in Portillo and Levi. Even if you don't count Lucan in, they also just I, I don't know that just doesn't make it doesn't make any sense to me. But yeah. Whatever. All right. So we're gonna we're gonna go on from prospect talk and little Sabres news. So obviously with the dead period, we've we're, we're coming up with a couple exercises uh, to keep us busy. So uh, we're first going to start off our first exercise of we are going to break down the other seven teams in the division, uh, kind of what they did in the off season and see how the Sabres uh, compare to them. So. We're going to start from the bottom of the barrel, uh, the worst team in the entire National Hockey League last year, uh, <laughs> the Montreal Canadiens, uh, going from you know the Stanley Cup final to 32nd out of 32 teams. is uh, I think it's quite an achievement. Their odds for, for next season going to the Cup is like 50,000 to 1. Yeah, I said I think I'd terrible. probably put a dollar on that just for fun, because if it happens, well, it happens. Well, you know, I guess you just don't want that. Just give them your worst dollar because you ain't getting it back. No, yeah, yeah exactly. No, they're terrible. Last, they were terrible last year. I expect you know them to be again terrible again. Obviously, mm-hmm. the, their big move was getting the, the winning the draft lottery and picking uh, Soskowski, uh first overall, who's definitely uh, an interesting selection. To be, I think he's good, but I mean, 
I think he's good too. I'm not. A he's not going to day one be. He's not day one ready. Elite player. I don't think he's NHL ready. I think I think he's got to play oh, somewhere. Honestly, he's Montreal play like they'll probably they'll probably throw him in the NHL. I I I, I hope they do. Like they probably will because I, I mean like, like who else do they have promising on that team like Suzuki and Caulfield? Caulfield. But like, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, that, that's about it. It's pretty. Come cool. on, they don't really have much. <laughs> I yeah. I guess got, and then I guess their second big move was trading Romanov, who's a bottom pair defenseman for a 13th overall pick. Great trade, by the way. That was a good trade for them by the Islanders. Don't know what Big Lou was doing, um, but then they flipped that 13th overall pick and another third round pick uh, for Kirby Doc. So they technically traded their you know bottom pair defenseman for and two thirds for Kirby Doc, who is I would still say young. He's still young you know he still I think has time to develop. He's still what early 20s. He yeah. was the Cousins draft, so Third 19. Yeah. yeah. So, like, there's still a lot of upside there. Plus, he's our age. Yeah, pretty much. He's <laughs> he is. slightly older than us. He is slightly older than us. He has, listen, he has a lot of upside. Um, I guess, you know, when you're going to be bad next year, it's, I mean, take take the shot. Yeah. You know, he's going to get playing time. Um, and He'll probably be their like, second second or third C. Probably something. Probably their first. I, mean, no, I don't know. Suzuki will probably be uh, the I one. Forgot, I keep thinking Two, Suzuki, I... I don't even know. He might no, be there 2C. He'll probably be there 2C. So, I mean, again, he's going to get time. So, I mean, it's kind of an interesting gamble for them. Obviously, I think he has potential. But, you know, he's kind of one of those guys that, you know, maybe need to change the scenery from Chicago because yeah. that's kind of a crappy place. So, I think those are like the t- – obviously, they traded Jeff Petrie for, you know, your buddy Mike Matheson. Um, <laughs> but that's that's kind of – I guess Mike Matheson replaces Romanoff on that left side of the defense, but then they lose Petrie. But, what I mean, again, with the Canadians, it's kind of – they were so bad last year. They only made a run to the Stanley Cup because Carey Price was hot. Yeah, and Carey Price apparently is coming back, but I mean he can't stay healthy to save his life out of there. Yeah, um, made so a glass. Made a glass, literally. Just so. passed his prime, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I just I think if we were comparing the Canadians to the Sabers right now, I would say that the Sabers are better, and they should. And the Canadians are going to finish eighth in the division. Yeah, no, I agree with that. All right, so that's you know that's the that's the <laughs> first part of our first exercise. So that was a pretty easy one. I think next week. Um, we're gonna choose between Ottawa and Detroit. We're probably gonna flip a coin, to be honest, because I don't know which one. <laughs> it's a coin choose. flip. Not, not, not gonna lie, both those teams are doing, I think, really good things. I think they're doing interesting things. I don't know if I would consider them. To be, uh, and I think the, interesting. I, interesting. I think I think they've done some good things. I think they've done some good things. I don't think they've done some interesting things. Let's put it. I'll put it, put it in that perspective. All right. So our last little, you know, thing that we're gonna add is throughout these, you know, next two months, we're gonna as the Buffalo Wing Podcast, we're gonna create our starting lineup uh, for the Sabres. So we're going to start with our top line, and we're going to debate you know, the players in the, uh, who we believe should be on the top line. Then next week we're going to debate who should be on the second line. You know, Do we maybe you know change people around because we want certain people to cert- you know, maybe yeah. not. You know, like Aspen, probably a really good fourth liner, but maybe we want him on the second line because for defensive responsibility. So, uh, again, I don't want to spoil the whole thing. but No, we, I think, I yeah. think honestly, I'm just going to say it. I think we all are in agreement of what the top line of this team is. <laughs> yeah, we, we kind of like, chatted about it beforehand, and it was it was all I mean, I think it's kind of obvious. Skinner, yeah, Thompson, but, Tuck. Yep. Yeah, Thompson. You mean Skinner, Thompson, Tuck? That's what he said. That's what I said. He said Skinner. I blanked on hearing Skinner. Well, we to might have to end honest. the pot early. Dom's stroking out. Really <laughs> early, <so>. No, <laughs> I, I'd agree. I think, I think that was your the, their best line at the end of the season. Uh, when you know Tuck got second half of the season, I should say, yeah, did play for like fifty games or whatever. So um, I completely agree. Obviously, I think Tuck does a lot of the heavy lifting defensively. Really helps cover for Thompson Skinner. Hopefully, again, you know, as Tage probably maybe regresses a little bit in the point and goal total, that um, he could become more of a two hundred foot player, more of a. I think that's a sacrifice, though. We're willing to make. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Like if he regresses to twenty five, thirty goals, and like. 50, 55 points. If he improves more, more if he, defensive. Yeah, yeah. If, he yeah. More one, if, he, if he regresses offensively and progresses defensively, I think. Yeah. Would you say you want one. him over 30 goals still? Yeah, I think. He, Ideally, I mean, 30 goals, 60 points, but like 55, 60 points. But we'll see, if he produces like a solid, you know, I think he's a second line center, to be honest. But if he wants to continue to produce like a first line center. That'd be only ten goals off from this past season, though. And if he was that much better defensively, I feel like that. No, I got an overall yeah. mm-hmm. overall impact on Skinner, you know, style player. You know, hopefully, you know, again his. Hopefully, we his keep career, partying in the USA. His career is just so wild. It's uh-huh. just I don't like <laughs> like. It just seems like he's just shooing 
for this year, but man, he could like have yeah, another, he yeah he, he could have another year. He was like fourteen points in fifty games, and it's like, dude, brutally. I mean, yeah, Kruger. I'm, I'm yeah, not, like, he has a defense for that. No, but. even in Carolina though, hey, Kruger. he'd no. go on a really hot streak, really hot, hot season. And then the next year, no one goes be, colder than Justin. Yeah, so like his entire career has been spotty, but definitely Ralph Kruger yeah. did not help. No, you hit him. He, he's got the highest of highs and the lowest and lows all in the same. Yeah, package, it's so. a, I don't think we expected him to go back to back forty goals but we also didn't expect him to score 14 goals and 21 points and then the next year only score seven yeah no so again if he could if he could score in that 25 to 30 range um that would be really solid and if tuck can be a you know a 60 point really solid two-way winger for them um that would be really good so i think that's the top line i think it's going to be interesting um you know if that ever changes throughout the, you know, they might change it throughout games just to spark some players. Spark and change some it players, up. but also, they did that last year. Tuck seems to be a guy that's very malleable, which means like he could he could play with a bunch of different people. Yeah, so I think he could go up and down your lineup. It's gonna be interesting if they keep that line together or they, you know, they want to move Tuck maybe around a little bit for you know how strong he is defensively. But again, I think th- those are the two exercises that we are joining. Obviously. A fairly easy day with the exercises. Montreal, you know, was bad last year, still bad this year, even though they made some some moves maybe to get better than no. the top line. I think was a, I gotta be completely honest, like a fairly easy debate. Like, we really gonna pick? Yeah, there wasn't even a debate. Guys. It was just there. So, mm-hmm. um, there's a layup. Again, we're excited to hope probably spark a little bit more debate next week with them. But that, yeah, second line will be a little bit more controversial. No, mm-hmm. definitely. I don't think I. I think there's gonna be. Uh, let's put it this way. I think there's gonna be more than three names said. In, oh sure. In the pre-pod meeting, but I'm sure. Um, that will do us for uh, the Sabers talk for this episode, and we will be right back with the rundown. Here at the Buffalonian Podcast, we are looking for sponsorships to take our podcast to the next level. If you are at all interested, feel free to DM us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter and let us know. Thank you for listening, and enjoy the rest of the show. We are back with the Buffaloian Podcast, and I will be taking the reins uh, for this edition of The Rundown. And I have to say, I think, you know, it's it's kind of tough for me to take the reins from Mike because Mike maybe be the lucky charm of giving the Blue Jays and Bisons uh, some some good luck because the Blue Jays had a, had a, had a great week coming out of the All-Star break. Uh, obviously, you know we talked about how they ended the uh, the Kansas City Royals series before the also break, uh, winning the last three games of that series. And uh, well, they went to Boston, went to Fenway to start off their second half of their season and swept the Red Sox. So they are now on a six-game winning streak. Uh, the Blue Jays will now be uh, hosting the St. Louis Cardinals for a two a quick two-game interleague uh, set, and then they host the Detroit Tigers for a four-game uh, weekend series over the weekend. So that, you know, may- maybe some winnable games, especially of St. Louis being without uh, their top two players in Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt, who is the leader for leading uh, betting-wise for the NL MVP. They both uh, cannot travel to Toronto because, again, they're unvaccinated. So a little home field advantage for the Jays. The Jays are now 53-43 and 43 with the six-game winning streak, and they sit atop the American League wild card position the top one uh just above the red hot Seattle mariners uh but the you know the fun is still t- a little tough for the jays because they're still 12 and a half games out of the division lead of the yankees but one can hope maybe maybe just maybe uh so the highlight of the week i think is insanely easy to pick for the jays this week uh was their series opening absolute destroying of the boston red sox they won 28 to 5 Yes, you heard that right. A team in Major League Baseball scored 28 runs in a game. Uh, the 28 runs for the Blue Jays was the most in franchise history and tied for fifth all-time. And is actually only two runs back of the uh, the record, which was 30. So uh, the Jays almost topped it because after six innings, they actually had 27 runs scored. So they only needed to score four more runs in the final three innings to break the record. Unfortunately, you know, they did not. But... Uh, I think what's most impressive about this offensive outburst for the Blue Jays is they did not do this against position players. They did this against legit major league arms. There was legit major league pitching uh, players on the, the Red Sox. The guy, you know, the guys that have you know MLB jobs to pitch in baseball games gave up 28 runs, which is truly remarkable. Uh, Danny Jensen, Lawrence Gurriel, and Ramon uh, Tapia 
uh, all drove in at least five runs, and Tapa, Tapia um, had a pretty awesome uh, inside-the-park grand slam where Jerry Durant, the center fielder for the Red Sox, lost the ball in the lights, and uh, he went all around and scored. So what a series for the Jays, and hopefully they uh, keep it up with another another hot week uh, for next week's rundown. And then, you know, transitioning to the Bison's talk, uh, so... As I said, the Jays went uh, 3-0 this weekend, and, uh, well, so did the Buffalo Bisons. They swept Rochester in that little quick three-game weekend set. Uh, now, well, they will host uh, Wooster in the uh, six-game home, uh, home stand uh, for this week. Uh, the Bisons are currently sitting at 49-44. and 44. Still do have a negative uh, run differential of negative five, uh, but, you know, they're slowly building up, slowly building up. Wooster is... 40 and 45, uh, so they're also above 500. The Bisons are two games back of the division lead, which is uh, tied currently between a uh, Durham and Lehigh Valley. Of course, the division is tight, as you know we talked about last week. And you know this is, this is important three games to take from Rochester, who was uh, I believe a game up on the Bisons before the the weekend series. Uh, the highlight, though, of the week for the Bisons was Saturday's come from behind walk off win. Uh, the Bison spotted uh, Rochester the first six runs of the game, trailing 6 nothing early. And the Bisons came all the way back to take the lead going into the ninth inning, and then they blew the save opportunity. They almost blew the game. They had to go into extra innings, but in the extra innings, the bottom of the tenth, we had a walk-off walk. Yes, I've been loving to say that, a walk-off walk. We had an inside-the-park grand slam and a walk-off walk. What a, what, a, what a rundown. What an absolute rundown. Um, so the key performance of, you know, the, the day for the Bisons was Rochester's pitching staff because they decided to not, they just completely forgot what the strike zone looked like because they committed 10 walks. Uh, so thank you to Rochester for that awesome pitching performance. And thank you for the Red Sox for their awesome pitching performance, giving 28 runs to the Blue Jays. So, uh, finally, uh, uh you know, a great week for both teams on the rundown, a combined six and oh, so you know, let's hope that, you know, this trend continues and we get to talk more awesome baseball on the rundown the rest of the summer. So that being said, thank you for joining on the rundown. And we're going to go to Would You Rather right after this. Here at the Buffalonian podcast, we are looking for sponsorships to take our podcast to the next level. If you are at all interested, feel free to DM us on Instagram, Facebook or Twitter and let us know. Thank you for listening and enjoy the rest of the show right after this. We are back with the Buffalonian Podcast, and we will move forward with Would You Rather. This is the third week of us doing it. Uh, I, I mean, I think it's gone pretty good. We've all had our, our shot doing it. Now it's my turn. So um, I'll present. I'll just get right to it. I'm going to present this question here. So this is a football one. Okay. Okay. Would you rather be the coach of a college football team or a pro NFL team? Uh, mm. uh definitely pro yeah i would say pro as uh, well i would say pro money's with the pros um honestly it's not even the money i mean yes to but some of these college coaches get paid a lot of money what, right. what kind of college coach like what what job am i getting in college football like power five like alabama lsu oh like a like a like, like, like a top Saban. flight like a like a good like a top program mm. yes mm. no not like uh not, not like buff state sorry Huh. <laughs> like like top top program. See, oh, that's tough now. I would still say pro because I think the college coaching is so demanding because you have to recruit mm-hmm. all yeah. year long. Like yeah. it's an all it, like I'm not saying pro it isn't, but like pro. You, no, but you've got the GM, you've got all of that yeah. stuff. The coach is in charge of a lot more in college football, and it's I like the more spread the wealth approach, like academics and all that too. Like yeah, your your you gotta, kids are going to school, right? And then you got to find if someone's having an issue, you got to try and help them. You know, like stuff like that academically. Where yeah, also NFL, I don't know if I want to deal with eighteen and twenty two year olds yeah. every day, mm-hmm. especially you know. freshmen. Yeah, I so I mean, I I definitely I would pick. Pro still. But then what I want to deal with the egos of the NFL, too, would also be a... You know, he did say pro, so he could be talking about, like, the XFL or the Arena Football League. NFL. NFL? Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I think... I, uh, what, what would you do, Mike? I Honestly, I'm picking college. I, I, I thought you would. Yeah. Think about it. I, I like, I like the control that they, they have. 
I think they can pretty much build the roster the way they want to. Uh, That's they, why he wants NCAA to release you can the pretty new much control. Game. You know what players you bring in. Um, I, I just like the control that they have, and plus, honestly, I think college coaches, you a top college coach, honestly, I think makes more money than a top NFL coach. Kirby Smart just got eleven and a half, eleven and a quarter for That's true. ten years. That's true. And who is the highest money. paid NFL coach? John Gruden. When he got the sub, ten by ten, yeah, he got like ten million, which yeah. was a ridiculous contract to begin with. Oh, he's gone now anyway. It doesn't well, make he's gone now. Yeah. No, I think that's an interesting conversation because I think there's pros and cons for both sides. Man, this is, I'm, now I'm like kind of like I'm, I, 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 no, I would pro. pick the college. Yeah, I'm route. still saying it's pro. pro. Just being in the NFL, I just feel like it would be awesome. Yeah, I, that's what a lot of college coaches work for. I feel like still too, you know. I mean, well, I mean, there's a lot of college coaches that fail. Nick Saban, yeah, he failed in the NFL. Right. That's also true. Now he went back but to see, college. I and... also think if you failed in college, like you're done. Not that you're done, but like you'd have to get another job in college. Right. Like but if, if you fail in the NFL, yeah, like you if, have a yeah, bounce back yeah. shot. Like mm-hmm. if I failed in the NFL, I can get another job in the NFL as like an assistant, or I could probably get snagged like Jim Harbaugh. Like he yeah, from, but uh, okay, he didn't. Um, Nick he, Nick he, Saban. He was actually good. Um, Lane Kiffin. Yeah, yeah, he was actually good in the NFL. But like he went. Lane to, Kiffin. He, yeah, yeah. Like he flamed out, and now he is the, what the head coach of Ole Miss. Yeah. So like, yeah, like I think that's also my vibe is that like if I get fired from my pro team, then you have a I, chance. I, to and if I have back. some kind of reputation, I can either get an assistant job at the pro level, or I could probably get maybe a, a big a gig. Head job. Yeah. yeah, in the college But if level. I get fired from, like, a big program in college, like, my next position will be either an assistant at a big program, or I'm going to have to go to, like... A smaller UB. program, yeah. I'm going to go to the MAC. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The single-A MAC. Yeah, yeah, not, not double, <laughs> double A Mac. I don't think has football. No, no. no. Monmouth does, but... Yeah, I, I, I say... Yeah. yeah, they left. At the end of the day, I'd pick pro. I'd also pick pro, but it's an interesting it big college. Yeah, I'm picking college. It's an interesting conversation. But yeah, so now that was our Would You Rather, and uh, we'll be right back, and I'll lead us uh, into trivia. All right, welcome back from this quick intermission between the Would You Rather and the trivia. Uh, I'm spearheading the, these uh, latter two segments today, so um, we'll, we'll just jump right into this one again. Um, we, we got confidence rolling right now. Feeling froggy, as always. Feeling all right. Feeling pretty decent yeah, right now. So, uh, we'll start with our beloved Buffalo Bills. Uh, as we know, we've had many greats uh, graze the field for the Bills. And, um, you know, we, we hope that we always have a franchise quarterback, you know? Jo- like Josh Allen's our guy right now. I feel, right. Like, I feel like it's very enjoyable when your team has a franchise quarterback. So, yeah, when you're not on the and search. And very miserable when your team doesn't. Yeah. yeah. So, who are... The Bills' leaders in career passing yards. The top three. Kelly. Most passing yards. Allen and. Yeah, like I'll I'll be leaning with the order. Just the three. All right, I'm yeah, gonna, I'm gonna say Allen then Kelly. I'm gonna right? say Kelly one. Um. Oh my God, what's his name? I don't know. Ferguson two, and uh, Drew Bledsoe three. Does he have it? Yeah. So yeah. is that in order, or is it? Is it that was pretty close. It was pretty close. Okay. So two. So Jim Kelly, obviously number one. Yeah. Joe Ferguson is number two. Oh, I got it right. Jack Kemp is number three. Oh my God! Drew yeah, Bledsoe. Kemp. Drew Bledsoe is actually four. sixth. Oh, he's sixth. Who's fifth? Fitz. Fitzpatrick's five. Allen's four. Okay, that makes some sense. It's pretty yeah. close. Like yeah. I thought you. Allen's, Allen's, no, Allen's going to pass Kemp this year. He's only like a thousand no, yards. No, I forgot. I less forgot. than a thousand yards. I thought Bloodsoe played long, like seven seasons or whatever. Jim Kelly is over thirty-five thousand, and then Joe Ferguson's no, over twenty-seven thousand, and then it's Kemp yeah. at fifteen. I knew Ferguson Allen was 14. two. I knew Ferguson was two. I just I thought it was Bloodsoe because he had all those seasons. I I just didn't think. That, honestly, God, I knew Jack Kemp. Like he won those AFL titles in the Jack Kemp 60s? was here from uh sixty two to sixty nine. Yeah, like yeah. he won those AFL played titles. Played in eighty eight games compared to Bledsoe and playing forty eight games. No, no, like Kemp Kemp won those AFL titles. Yeah. I just didn't think they ever threw the ball in that era. Yeah. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, like, yeah, no, that was a very yeah. run heavy era, but no. Right. I just, no. Didn't, think, right, I just yeah. didn't think he had the, the stats. No, yeah, fifteen thousand. Good for him. Your your last season as a top three passer in those <laughs> uniform. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. So uh, we'll move forward with our Sabres. Uh, we did a lot of talk about, like, our. I felt like our goaltenders recently. 
So I'll give you a goaltender question. The uh, tendies. Yeah. So which goaltender has the most games played in a single season, and who was it? Uh, I feel like it's gotta be. I have no clue. I feel like it's gotta be Hashik, right? Or is it? This is a trick question. Uh, why don't you just answer the question? See, I feel like it's Hashik, but I know Ryan Miller played a bunch of seasons where I think he played a season where he played that so was, many games. That would be my answer is Ryan Miller, but I know I, it's I'm probably go Hashik. I might be wrong, but I think I know Ryan Miller played a season where he played like seventy games. But I'm it is Ryan Miller in 07-08, played in seventy six games. All right, I was. Oh, I, okay, I, okay. I, I'm not right. I'm not going to give myself too much credit, but I, 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 I thought that was a trick question, but I, I should have just won. No, oh it was, it was a good shot between Hashik and Miller. Who was Hashik's? I don't know. I, I just, I couldn't think of Hashik's backup in those nineties. So I was thinking maybe he just played like every game. No, Miller was my safe bet. That's really the only one I could. Recall. No, I knew Miller yeah. played seventy game, like seventy plus games one year. I should have just went with Miller. Like, yeah, I, I don't know like the most games. Because in 07, 08, that was the year after they traded Buran. Yes. No, so after, that was that was the year they traded Campbell and yep that was it. That, that was, was the beginning of the end. Oh seven. That, that, that was the off season where they left. Brian Drury were gone. Left those two short kings. Um, okay. Well, we'll just go into the, the third I, question you know, here. Like uh, uh, the short king. Okay. They they were short. Okay. We'll go into question three. Uh, this is like a regional question. That's what we kind of been doing since we don't really have that third sport right now. Uh, it's actually. I'll start with this. Oh, man. Niagara Falls question. Mm-hmm. Has Niagara Falls ever been shut off? Yes. How many times? Twice. What were the years? 65 <laughs> and then recently. I don't know the exact years. I just know there were two times. You're just going to sit there with twiddling your thumbs? Joe is correct. It has been shut off twice. <laughs> The, the the second time was in 69 1969 yeah i knew it was in the 60s the first time first time was in the 40s it was actually 30s in the 1840s 1840s when it was a natural occurrence as an ice i'm not even joking i'm not joking there's an ice buildup that caused it oh it just turned to restrict off. the flow yeah so there have been two times I, I, this kid's just sitting here laughing. <laughs> All right. Well, that's that, going to yeah. do it for that, this episode of the Buffalonian Podcast. I'm Joe Kelly, always joined by Dom Lawson, Mike Marino. And Dom, how do you always end these? Go Bills, baby. Go Bills. Go Bills.